Hello and welcome to this festive special edition of The Walk. Episode 14. I'm Richard Price. You will know me, hopefully, from previous shows or on Twitter at Richard P. 1975. Um, you may have read my blog, Richard P. 1975.wordpress.com, or you may have seen my other blog, crapsigns.wordpress.com. Finally, and this will be the last of me selling myself. You may also have seen my work on Sabotage Times. All the W's. SabotageTimes.com forward slash author forward slash Richard hyphen price. Okay, so you join me on my walk home. You can hear the cathedral bells. Very nice. Very Christmassy. Um... Being on a Christmas meal today at lunchtime with the work colleagues, it was actually far better than I anticipated. It went okay. A um, few drinks had, a bit of fun, decent food, back to work, didn't do a lot at work, and then back out again for another couple of drinks. And also, one of my colleagues is leaving. So, we were also celebrating her, her leaving, not, not, not in a nasty way, in a, in a kind of, in the way that you do when someone's leaving. Um, anyway, you can hear the, the, the cathedral bells, which are lovely, and we had a very Christmas, Christmassy opening to the show this week. Um, those of you that know your choral music and your carols will have recognised um, in the bleak, in the bleak midwinter. Sorry, I messed that up there, didn't I? In the bleak midwinter, which is the carol that I chose to open the show with for this Christmas special episode. Um, the cathedral's busy, actually. There must be some kind of event happening. I'm just going to walk through the cathedral grounds, as I always do on this walk. But it's rather busier than normal. You can hear the bells, and there's lots of people around. And it's, it's a mild evening for December. Um, this time last year, I believe we did have snow on the ground. So it's much easier and nicer to be walking home in these conditions it has rained a little bit There's a, there are wet roads but essentially it's very mild and as you can tell I'm sure I'm getting nearer and nearer to Gloucester Cathedral my my favourite building in the whole world I think the cathedral in my home city um, I can remember being taken there as a child with my dad 
being in awe of the place, really. And I love the smell of the stone and the feel of the place. And um, not not from a religious point of view, just just generally, really. And I've taken my children there, um, and and you know, I hope they feel the same way about it as I do. It's a lovely building, and it's one that I always associate with with my home city. And I'm not always that fond of my home city, but to me, it's the um, it's the the cherry on the otherwise very ordinary cake. Okay, as I walk through, some people, not literally, past some people. How you doing, mate? And I saw a friend there, a guy I know on Twitter, Seb Field. Sort of slightly embarrassing, really. I should have probably spoken to him for a bit longer. But I think he thought I was on the phone. So that's probably why he didn't stop. I'll have to make contact with him later and explain what I was doing. just um, under the arch now into the into the street and already a much quieter scene okay well something special coming up in the show today um, a guest star appearance from Jim Condon now Jim is Calexico65 on Twitter, C-A-L-E-X-I-C-O-65. And Jim, a bit, of an av- a bit of an avid and loyal listener of the show, probably the only one I've got. Um, and I asked him to say a few words any way he fancied on the subject of Christmas. And Jim, a bit embarrassed, I think, to do this and a bit self-conscious about it, but Jim's put together a nice little piece which will be coming up soon on the show. And um, I'm very grateful for Jim for doing this. And I hope we can get him involved in the walk later in the year, perhaps. Perhaps I'll um, have another piece which I ask him to contribute to. He's a bit self-conscious about his voice, but I mean, who isn't really? And I think he's got nothing to be embarrassed or concerned about. He sounds perfectly normal, albeit very Irish. Um, okay, just making our way past some people smoking outside the pub. So yes, I've had a couple of drinks, but I hope I'm not too um, inebriated. I hope I'm not coming across very obviously um, affected by drink. Because, well, it wasn't my intention to do this show 
um, after a few, but that's the way it seems to have gone, and it is quite festive, isn't it, having a few drinks? Now, what I was, what I was going to talk about was Christmas. Christmas from my point of view. What do I remember about Christmas? What do I feel now about Christmas? You know, what do I think is going to lie ahead for me in Christmases in the future? Now, the reason I say this is because I do think Christmas is something which, whilst it's sort of always there, it does change rather depending on how old you are and what your circumstances are. I mean, a very extreme example would be that for somebody who was on their own and maybe somebody who doesn't choose to be on their own or even somebody that that did choose to be on their own but but actually feels rather lonelier at Christmas than um, at other times of year. And Christmas can be an awful time because... You know, it's hard when you're lonely, I'm sure. And especially at times when other people are all getting together. And, you know, Christmas is is a time that, whilst sometimes we get a bit sick of our families, the reality is we do get together. And it is nice that we do, in the main. And we would soon feel very sad and we would notice if all of a sudden that wasn't the case so when I moan about having to see in-laws and parents and things at Christmas I hope that I have the decency to maybe take that into account and um, you know thank, thank my lucky stars really that I'm in that boat um but I think the most extreme sort of example really is the difference between, you know, when you're a child and how magical Christmas can be compared to, I guess, any other time really. When it, it you know, as much as it can be enjoyable, it's never going to maintain or retain that same magic. I mean, I can remember being a child and you know, Christmas really was a very magical time. It really was. It was something which I can barely imagine now just how excited I used to get as the time came near. But it did. And, you know, it was something which you know, the, the, the very feeling of excitement was palpable. It was just absolutely um, amazing, the run-up to Christmas. And not even Christmas itself. It wasn't just that. In fact, sometimes the day itself would, would pass very quickly and almost feel a little bit like an anti-climax. But I can remember the period leading up to Christmas for seemingly weeks. It's probably only days, really. But for seemingly weeks... You know, the excitement and the the atmosphere and the feeling that, you know, something special was on the way. And, you know, I can recall being told by parents and by aunts and uncles and the friends of my parents 
you know, how you had to be um, asleep when Father Christmas came and, you, you know, you didn't let him know you were awake. And if you'd been good, he would come, and if you hadn't, he wouldn't, and all that kind of stuff that we used to, to kind of bribe children into behaving as they get rather overexcited as Christmas comes. And, um, yes, I can remember being of an age where I would be led in bed, unable to sleep, for seemingly half the night. In reality, it was probably only a, an hour or so um, before I finally did get away and fall asleep. But I can remember being led there, my eyes screwed as tightly as I could get them in order to convince anyone that might have been looking, i.e. Father Christmas, that I was asleep and that he was quite welcome to leave my presence behind and I'd been good and please leave them. I'm not awake, honestly. Oh, you can tell if you're awake, they used to say, which didn't really help. But I think the daft thing, really, is that my parents were intelligent enough, you know, not to go through that whole rigmarole of um, having Christmas stockings at the end of the bed, where they would somehow have to make their way into my room to leave... My, you know, our presence whilst we were asleep. They weren't daft enough to do that. They they used to do the old presence in the living room thing. I mean, not in a stocking. We've never really gone in for that. Um, don't hold much to these stockings. So we used to have the old plastic sacks, which were really glorified carrier bags with Christmas pictures on them. And we used to have those. And we'd leave them out on Christmas night and come morning they'd be full of things and we'd unwrap them none the wiser that in fact our parents had just filled them up overnight before they went to bed um I think in my mind you know Father Christmas probably would have been visiting the house kind of around about 3 o'clock in the morning I would have thought you know the absolute dead of night 2 to 3 in the morning and yet, in reality, if I'd got up around midnight and gone downstairs after my parents had gone to bed, my presence would have already been there waiting for me. But luckily, I never spoilt it. I didn't do that. And so, the magic lived on. Um, but the whole chimney thing was, was scotched as well by my parents. They, we had a gas fire. There's no way anybody could have been coming down our chimney. So, they used to say, well, you know, we'll leave the door on the latch and he'll come in. And then when he's gone, he'll lock the door after him. Which made sense to me, and that was fine. Um, the old sherry and, um, or port and mince pie thing. Again, my parents... They didn't really go in for the romanticism of all that. They didn't used to tell us to leave sherry out and a mince pie for Santa. They just used to say, oh yes, they'll, they'll do it. They'll leave it out. 
we can go to bed and they'll leave the mince pie out and the sherry. And of course, it meant they didn't even have to go down that, that route of leaving it out um, and eating it themselves. And drinking it themselves. They just, they just pretended they were going to do it and we'd go to bed happy. And of course, they didn't do it. And that's fine. We probably didn't have any sherry. Any sherry in our house would be drunk by my dad. Probably long before it would get near Christmas Eve. Um, not that my old man's some kind of alky. I don't want to give that impression. But we didn't often have booze in the house because, frankly, it was expensive. And if it was there, he'd probably drink it. So um, that was what we did, and we'd get up in the morning, me and my brother, and far too early, you know, probably 6 or 7 a.m., which, you know, very early, and we'd all go downstairs together. Nobody was allowed to go down before anybody else, so we'd have to go down and see if Father Christmas had been, and of course he had, and our presents were there. Now, of course, we never really twigged, but... A lot of presents that we had, me and my brother, apart from maybe the odd main present where we might have had different things, but a lot of presents we had were the same. My brother was always the kind that would just go off and start opening everything as quickly as he could. And meanwhile, I'm trying to be a lot more methodical, and I'm trying to, you know, preserve the moment. So I'm opening my stuff a lot slower, but then what I find is, if I glance across at his pile of presents, then, you know, they're all presents that I'm about to open myself, and this kind of killed the surprise a bit, and I wasn't very happy with this, and so I remember in, in, in later years, my brother was always told to open his presents at the same speed as me and we would kind of open the presents that were obviously the same based on their shape and size and wrapping um, at the same time so, so as we both have the same um, excitement and surprise of course my brother didn't like this because he was just tearing into it I don't know what he was expecting but he was always just interested in getting through it as quickly as he could. And um, I guess this is my brother, really. This is what he's like. He's kind of... That's kind of him all over. You know? He's very excited and and then it's over for him. And he's somebody who who suffers anticlimax. You know, he really does um, sort of over over sort of expect and then of course often ends up disappointed and I think you could probably look into his psyche and realise well, that's part of his makeup because it's not just Christmas Day that um that he's like that he's like it in general um you go out on a night out with my brother, you've been planning for a while, and um, he'll turn up and drink as much as he can, as quickly as he can, and then kind of the night's over for him, really.
before everybody else has, has got started. And that's my brother all over. He's not good at savouring anything. It's just not in his makeup. So, um, that was kind of Christmas morning in a nutshell in my house as a kid. Probably just one thing to add there. I don't want to make it sound as if we were in any way um, unfortunate or, or not grateful to have what we had. And there were years when, I mean, my parents weren't well off, but neither were they, were they poor. I think some years they were struggling like everybody else, but in general, we did well. You know, we had the usual bikes and, you know, there's one year we had a home computer and a TV with it, which is a particularly um, expensive year, I would have imagined. Um, so we went through all the normal stuff that kids do, you know, having new bikes and, you know, one year might have had a new watch or a particular computer game. Or, I, I don't know. We did, we, we did fine. Um... I think getting a bike was always the most exciting thing that could happen. I, I can remember two Christmases where I had new bikes um, and one birthday where I might have a new bike as well. So kind of three bikes in my childhood which would take me up to adulthood and um, they were the most exciting things you could ever receive, I think, a new bike. Um, you know, just uh, I can remember um, pulling the, the patio curtain open and of course the bikes were parked up against the patio windows inside, inside the house, but behind the curtain and almost unveiling these, these new bikes um, there was one year my brother had a, a BMX and I was kind of a little bit old for a BMX even though they were very, very fashionable at the time so I had, an, had a racing bike um, at the same time and, and, and so we were out on our bikes kind of the whole Christmas that year um, and um, yeah. Bloke just, um, thanks a lot for that, love. Not bothering to let me cross. Silly bitch. Anyway, so, um, apologies there for that. A couple of drinks, and I'm rather annoyed at that woman not bothering to let me go in front of her. Um, when she could have quite easily let me go, and there was nothing coming. Um, either way, but she didn't bother. So, um, yeah, that was Christmas in a nutshell, really, and I think what I was really trying to make, the point I'm going to try and make generally is how it changes. I mean, as you get older then, Christmas kind of loses its magic. You learn that Father Christmas is, of course, totally, you know, untrue. Um, which is a big thing, I think, when you're younger, when you learn that. And most people learn it at school before... Anybody ever actually takes them to one side and tells them? I mean, I can remember people at school saying there was no such thing. And for a little while you resist it and say, well, of course there is. And you give them all the rationale that you've been told as to why he exists. And, you know, and they, they come up with um, logical reasons why, of course, that's at a bull. But you can usually find an answer for them. Because they're only questioning it in the same way that you do. So, you know, when I used to ask my parents, well, what about... How does he get all the toys into the, into the sleigh and whatever? And of course, I'd be told he was magic. But I had one friend, very, very reluctant to give up the idea of um, Father Christmas, probably carried on believing in him for a good year, if not two, after the rest of us. 
And um, we used to say to him, you know, how do you think Father Christmas gets all these presents, you know, and how does he know what you want, and where does he get them from, where does he restock, because obviously he's not going to be able to go out and take them all at once, and um, don't tell us it's magic, because obviously that's bullshit. Give us some real, tangible, logistical um, answer to the question of of how he gets the presents, where he gets them from, and and gets them to you. And of course, he came up with a gem. You know, logical, if not total nonsense, that in fact, they leave Argos open at night on Christmas Eve, and Father Christmas just goes into Argos in any given town, because obviously we've got one in most towns, and Argos back then was just where everything came from, it was the, the, you know, the only place anybody bought anything from, from what I can make out. And, of course, Father Christmas would go to Argos in whatever major town or city he was in and just stock up with the things that he knew that we all wanted. Because, of course, we'd spent the last six months pouring through the Argos catalogue, picking out what we wanted. So it was pretty obvious that that's where he should look in order to find our presents, and that's what he did, apparently. And I thought, well, you know, you've done well there. It's such a bullshit, but you've done well there. You've come up with a more logical and tangible way that perhaps Father Christmas could could have existed for that bit longer in your head than the rest of us, who had long since decided that, in fact, it was utter keck. Um, and, of course... My younger brother suffered a little bit more because he found out two years before I did, not two years before I did, but he found out two years younger than I was that there was no such thing as Father Christmas because, of course, being two years younger than me, I passed everything on to him. So, you know, he found out about sex and all sorts of things two years earlier than I did because I was the one that was passing it all to him. Um... And Father Christmas being one of those things. So, yeah. And it's weird now, because as much as I love my own children, and I really want to make Christmas a magical thing for them, I do find that building this whole Father Christmas thing up is a little bit weird. I kind of want him to think that it's a... Well, my son in particular, because my daughter's only one. But my son... He was getting on for five, getting to that age now where he understands much more about what's going on. He's much more excited than he was this time last year because he's obviously had it built up much more in his mind. And now he's at school as well, so that, that's helped. And um, whilst he's still not coming out with a whole list of things he wants, you know, he has managed to, to pick a few things though he's expecting Father Christmas to bring him on Christmas Day. Um, and, um, you yeah, know, so by that token, he's, he's at that age now where you've got to be playing that whole Father Christmas game to him. And building the magic up for him, as it was for me, and it, and it wouldn't be fair if I didn't do that. But I must admit, I do find it hard to build something up, which is just, you know, utterly nonsense and... And untrue. Um, 
you know, it's just a bit weird doing it. I hear my wife, who's much better at it than me, saying about Father Christmas. And I have to say, I kind of only slightly managed to go along with it, really. I'm not, I haven't been very good at it, to be perfectly honest. But I'm sure I'll get better at it. And I certainly don't want to spoil it for him. There's no harm in, in being told about Father Christmas. There's no harm in believing in it. Because, you know, ultimately, unlike, say, religion, which some might argue is is the sort of adult version of, of, of Father Christmas, where people continue to believe something, you know, throughout their whole lives that, of course, might, may or may not turn out to be nonsense. And you notice I said may or may not there, because I'm, I'm not an atheist. I'm, I'm really, I'm a bit of an agnostic. Part-time Christian, Church of England, very typical agnostic. Kind of doesn't, don't want to say I don't believe, just in case. But certainly not religious enough to say I do believe either. That's me. And, um, you know, playing, playing the foot in both camps, really. The, um, the coward's approach. Not prepared to um, denounce the existence of God. But neither am I prepared to waste my time worshipping something which, which almost certainly doesn't exist. Um, but, yeah, there's no harm in, 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 in sort of following um, the, the tradition and, and, and making him believe that Santa Claus or Father Christmas, whatever, is, is real. There's nothing wrong with that, really. I find it um, a little bit sad that, that anybody would, would think otherwise because it is magical and it's something which... The only, the only problem is, is that you do remember how disappointing it was when you found out yourself. Unless you were too old and you kind of worked it out for yourself. But, but most people don't find out at that stage. They actually learn it from somebody older than them. And of course, it does spoil things a little bit because you... You know, you, you have that whole thing deflated for you. Now, um, I'm going to take a little break there. Um, not much more of the show to go, actually, anyway. But I'm going to take a little bit, bit of a break there to, um, to bring in um, Jim Condon, who I mentioned earlier on, has done a piece for us about Christmas. So here's um, Jim's lovely Irish tones to talk about Christmas and kind of what it means to him and what it's all about. Um, so I'll see you in about four, four to five minutes. Hi, my name is Jim Condon. Some of you may know me from Twitter. My username there is Calexico65. Most of you probably have no clue who I am and that's probably just as well for all concerned. A Twitter friend of mine, uh, are people you know from online actually friends? I suppose not technically, but however. Richard Price, a.k.a. Richard P. 1975, asked me to do a little piece to camera, as it were, but without a camera, for his podcast called The Walk. Now, The Walk is a rather entertaining half an hour every week or so, and I would recommend it to anyone for a listen. Obviously, if Richard uses this piece in his Crimbo special, then I am sure cancellation and banishment from iTunes will soon follow. Sorry, dude, but you asked. Also, I am sure the sound of my own voice will make me cringe, and my accent will probably make me a huge figure of fun amongst the Twitterati. I've been asked to speak a little bit about Christmas 
Yeah, like I am the embodiment of Christmas spirit. I say I detest it, and that's probably embellishing it just a little bit. I'm certainly no fan of the huge expense of it, and the ever-early appearance of seasonal ads on television gets my goat. I suppose most people who know me will characterise me as an eternal pessimist and an all-around grumpy arse. And to be fair, I really can't disagree with that either. The actual day itself, I quite enjoy the general lazing about, getting a dinner ready, just relaxing. A couple of days off from work are always welcome, at any time of the year really. Our days at home of manic children springing awake 40 minutes after going to sleep or passing out there in their 20s and living away from home. So it is rather sedate in our house. It's all Vince Guaraldi's Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack and peeling spuds. After dinner, then it will be a mass gathering in the in-laws' house so that the younger grandkids can be showered in so many presents that the expense of them alone could probably kickstart the economy of a small African nation. It'll be a slightly strange affair this year for us as my son will be home but my daughter will not so it'll be a little bit fractured I suppose. But at least everyone is doing well and that's good enough to be going on with I suppose. I was never one for the whole Christmas craze and I suspect a lot of men aren't either. Most women on the other hand love the bloody thing. I know I'm generalising, but you you get my point. Is it gender-based? Why does that spark of excitement seem to flicker and die a little in most men, while it seems to kindle and flourish in most women? Surely we were all those manic, sleepless, wide-eyed kids at one stage, weren't we? I always tend to think of my mother a lot at this time of the year. I'm not sure why that is, though she certainly did enjoy the tinsel time, and maybe that's it. She died when I was 15, so I've been alive three times as long as I knew her, but every year without fail, she pops into my head at this time of the year. As sad as that may sound, it actually isn't. It's a pleasant memory, and I always welcome it. This is just a rambling bunch of crap, really, because Rich sprang it on me, and I have no clue what to say. Just enjoy your holidays and whatever way you celebrate. Enjoy your families, even though they hog the remote control and always leave the crap coffee chocolates in the box. And there's always some fool who wants to watch James Bond again. Life at the moment for a lot of people is crap, so make the best of it at Christmas and enjoy it. Take it easy. Okay, um, thanks for that, Jim. That was lovely. And like I say, I hope to have you involved again in the future. You may well not want to be, and that's fine. But, um, you know, it would be nice to to have you in on a few topics of my choosing in the future. So um, I hope you'll agree to that. And I hope it's not too hard for you to hear yourself back over the airways, as it were. Um, just finally, I mean, you know, still talking about Christmas and still talking about the whole difference between... You know what things were like as a kid, and as you got older. I mean, what I'm kind of—I've missed out the in-between, really. I've, I've spoken a little bit about what it's like to be a parent, and it is really developing more meaning again. Now I'm a parent of young children, because I can kind of, you know, see the magic through their eyes, really. And it has been nice so far this year in the build-up to Christmas. You know, with my son being in a in a school nativity play and 
having various Christmas parties um, at places and, um, you know, being given presents and gifts by people. And, um, you know, today, you know, he's been to see Santa Claus. Um, I must stop saying Santa Claus. We don't really say that, do we? He's been to see Father Christmas um, at one of the local farm shops today. Which um, I was, you know, my wife sent me a photo while I was at work of him, and it was great. He looked like he was really enjoying himself. And then this afternoon, I understand he's been to a professional pantomime production. Don't know if there's anyone famous in it I can name drop, but um, certainly, probably a very professionally done production of. I think it was Jack and the Beanstalk they were seeing at one of the theatres in Cheltenham, which um, you know, I think would have been a decent. A decent show, and well, it should have been. It didn't cost um it wasn't exactly cheap, let's put it that way. <coughs> and um so it's great because he's going through all this and of course he's looking forward to Christmas. It's a bit different this year with the, the school holidays are as such that he's got a whole week leading up to Christmas, which I guess is gonna be a little bit hard for him because um you know he's got a whole week of expectation. But that's um how it is this year. So um I finish work tomorrow. So I have one more full day left and then I'm off until the day after the New Year break. So that's great. I've got the whole period off myself, which I shall um, very much enjoy, I hope. And I'm not going to moan about all the usual stuff because I'm just glad to be getting some time off work. And I shall do my very best to enjoy it as best I can. I mean, just briefly, the, the bit in between the two periods I've been talking about... I mean, as you get a bit older, Christmas obviously loses its magic. But there is one thing, of course, when you get to be, you know, a, a, a late teen, early 20s, you know, Christmas is, a, is, a, is party time then. It develops a new meaning. You know, you're out hitting the pubs and the clubs and the, the discos and whatever, and that's something which, you know, brings a whole new, new light to Christmas again. It becomes rather more about alcohol and the um, the opposite sex, or all the same sex, if that's if that's your preference. And um, you know, there's definitely something to be said for that. So I think that you know that kind of covers the the different stages of of Christmas, really. Um, and I guess as the children get older, it may lose some of its magic again, and then hopefully one day. You know, I may have grandchildren. And of course then, it kind of starts all over again. So, um, that's kind of how, how it works for me. I hope um, it's been interesting enough for you today. And like I say, I hope my being slightly inebriated, by no means drunk, let's, let's make that clear, um, hasn't um, in any way impaired your enjoyment of the show. Um you know, I think it's 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 gone fine from my point of view, and um, I look forward to joining you again in the new year for episode fifteen. Until then, please have happy and peaceful Christmases and prosperous New Years for you and your family. Enjoy the time you spend with them. Do cherish it. You know, I'm not going to be lecturing you here, but do cherish it. Try not to to let things get on top of you too much and, you know, the irritating things about the in-laws and what have you. Just think, I'm not at work. This is much better than, than being at work. 
I'm with my kids, I'm, I'm doing whatever I do. I'm having a drink, I'm having some, some good food. And, you know, forget your worries. And do have a good time. And stay safe, and I'll see you all again in the new year. Goodbye for now. And Merry Christmas. I'll just see you out now with In the Bleak Midwinter once again. <laughs>